Support for WIPR's podcasts comes from Brightview Senior Living. Since 1999, Brightview has proudly served Greater Baltimore with vibrant, independent living, assisted living, memory care, and enhanced care. Find a community near you at brightviewseniorliving.com. There was always a game or a club or a birthday party or Hebrew school or whatever, and suddenly there was nothing. I grew up in the worst part, West Baltimore, Ricestown Road, and Gwens Falls. It was me, my mom, my brother, my sister, the roaches, the rats, and all the junkies and alcoholics my family had produced. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Stoop Storytelling Series podcast. I'm Jessica Hinken. And I am Laura Wexler. And this week on the podcast, two stories of women whose careers take surprising turns. So yeah, for for many of us um, in the pandemic, this has been kind of the normal is to be surprised by what we're doing or what we're not doing. Um, But before we get to this first story, we want to thank MEND Acupuncture, which offers low stress and healing acupuncture sessions starting at $35 a session in the Baltimore area. So this first storyteller, Janelle Diamond, she um, she's awesome. She's someone that we have the the luck to know personally and professionally. And um, just at the top of the story, you're going to hear her just reference the fact that she shouldn't have had wine before she got started. She was picked as an audience storyteller to share this story at our first outdoor event after not doing outdoor events throughout the majority of 2020. So this was last summer and um, take a listen. I would have had a little less wine if I thought my name was going to be pulled. Um, So last April, um, I got a text from my boss that said, can you talk? And um, I thought, "Uh uh-oh. And um, so that day I was furloughed from my job. Um, I love my job and um, it's a big part of my identity and um, suddenly felt like, oh, who, who am I now? Um, but I also do a wedding, I'm the editor of a wedding magazine and so As of last April, there really weren't a lot of uh, weddings going on. Um, So it wasn't a huge shock, but um, kind of rattled me to my core. Um, I was also home with my four children who were being virtually schooled at the time. And uh, though last, last April, last spring, it really wasn't even virtual school. It was kind of like packets being mailed by the thousands to us and, uh, They'd uh, kind of come like weeks after you actually needed them. And um, it was just a, felt like a really stressful time to not be working um, and kind of only be able to focus on on my kids and the impending doom of the pandemic. Um, And so we took to the woods. Um, We would get in the car every day when school was over and um, just started Googling hikes. Um, My kids really liked loops. They didn't like backtracking. And so we would kind of put in like Appalachian Trail loop and find ourselves in Pennsylvania with no one else in sight. And um, we would just hike. And it was really medicinal and really amazing just to kind of 
have this time with my kids, this, you know, gift in the middle of this kind of shit show. And um, one day on a hike, we were at uh, Cromwell Valley. We decided we needed a name for our uh, our group. And uh, one of my kids came up with the name of uh, the Diamond Nature School. And then Diamond's our last name. And, um, and then we decided that didn't sound official enough. So we changed it to the Diamond Nature School of America. And, uh, and so that kind of became our thing during the pandemic. Um, almost every day after school, we would um, go find another trail on weekends. We would head up towards um, Frederick County and do a trail up there and then like drive by my parents' house and like wave at them. They would sit in the driveway. We would stay in our car. Um, and it just kind of became our routine. I mean, you know, with four kids, there was always something. There was always a game or a club or a birthday party or Hebrew school or whatever. And suddenly there was nothing. And it was so lovely to kind of fill our time with with nature and with each other. Um, we had a few, you know, little hiccups along the way. Um, my son mentioned he had something on the back of our neck. And uh, when we went to the pediatrician, you know, we she came out to the parking lot. She said it was the, one of the biggest engorged ticks she had ever seen in her entire life. Um, our dog managed to engorge herself on a stick like four miles from our car. And we had to like carry her out to our car and like, rush to the pet ER. Um, but for the most part, it's been a really, was a really lovely gift. Um, I certainly didn't think being furloughed would end up being a gift, but, um, to kind of get this time with my kids as, you know, they're entering like teenage dumb and the end of elementary school. Um, it was, it was really wonderful to, to kind of get to just spend time with each other. This past February for my birthday, uh, my family gifted me with a little free library, um, which has always been a, a bucket list item of mine. And when I unwrapped it, they had uh, named it the uh, Diamond Nature School of America Little Free Library. So thank you. Yeah, in general, we find that people should have a little bit of wine or beer before they share a story, but <laughs> not too much. And oftentimes finding that line eludes people. Yeah. I love so much about the story. I love especially just how united her family is and, and how that's just a through line throughout the story. And, you know, she's got a, a pack of kids and, and she does a really good job of parenting them. Um, and there's just like so many wonderful kind of local aspects to it too, like the little free library being kind of the, a, a birthday gift for her. Just that's, that's basically all you need to know about Janelle. Well, and Janelle is um, on staff at Baltimore Magazine. She's actually the editor of Baltimore Weddings, and um, they are a sponsor of The Stoop. And in fact, we're going to be doing a show with them in May at the Baltimore Museum of Industry. So this next story was shared by Joni Hollifield, who is the founder and the executive director of an organization here in Baltimore called Heart Smiles. She did not want to share this story. She's a very humble person, but we are so glad she did. So take a listen. I hated growing up in Baltimore, y'all. I grew up in the worst part, West Baltimore, Ricestown Road and Gwens Falls. It was me, my mom, my brother, my sister, the roaches, the rats, and all the junkies and alcoholics my family had produced. 
We lived in a tiny two-bedroom apartment. It was right above the neighborhood corner store and right next to the neighborhood liquor store. And we weren't good at much, but we were very proficient. We knew that if it was your turn to sleep on that top bed, when you hear those shells ring out, bang, 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 you better roll off quick because when the bullets hit the window, it's either going to hit your head or hit the wall. But thank God we were always fast enough. And see, you didn't tell me that education was the way out of poverty. So when I got into ninth grade and the teachers told me that I was stupid, that I was dumb, that I was never going to be anything, I believed them. So I just stopped going to school. I'm walking around downtown minding my business and the rest of the world was minding their business too. But it was okay because I had a homegirl, see, and she was forging my report card so I could bring home A's and B's every other month to my mom. And that was the only time that I saw her smile. But Baltimore City Public Schools, y'all, they got real slick. They sent the real report card to my mom. And I promise you, the pain and disappointment that I saw in her eyes, that hurt me more than the beating that she gave me all week. But it was all right, though, because I learned what y'all wasn't telling me. Y'all didn't tell me that I needed to work myself out of poverty. So I'm 16 years old now. I get it. McDonald's, here I come. I started scrubbing the toilets. But what McDonald's found out real quick was that even though I couldn't read the manuals and stuff, you show me how to do something just one time, and I got it. And I'm great at it. And not only was I going to be great at it, I could show other people how to be great at it. So my 18th birthday, I was getting the keys to my first McDonald's store. And then a few years later, y'all, now I got the keys to several stores because they saw that I was a leader. And that was the first time that anybody had ever referenced me in that way. And now I was the person that was training all the new store managers and training all the crew so that our franchises would run effectively and efficiently. When I tell y'all, I was literally the Big Mac. Like, I bought my first car off of my McDonald's paycheck, y'all, but it still wasn't enough. Every family cookout, here come my college cousins. Oh, Joni, you still dropping fries? Oh, Joni, you still flipping burgers? And see, you weren't there to tell me that I had purpose and that I had value, so I didn't know that I was more than just my job, and I didn't have enough confidence to articulate to them what McDonald's was teaching me and how it was helping me grow in my personal life and as a professional. So I just went out and I applied for a job that I was not qualified for, y'all. Comcast. Don't be coming up to me after the show telling me about how your internet been out for three weeks because I promise you, I do not care at this point. But, but you needed at least a bachelor's degree to get even the entry-level position at Comcast. But thank God somebody wasn't checking resumes that day because I slipped right through the cracks, y'all. And I found myself in Mr. Wall's office, but Mr. Walls, he had looked at the resume and he said, Joni, I can't interview you. You don't even meet the minimum qualifications. I kindly pulled up my email though and said, sir, I'm supposed to have my interview. I like my interview. 30 minutes later, that man gave me an opportunity for a job that I did not qualify for. Six months later, 
Comcast gave me an opportunity to be a supervisor for a job that I did not qualify for. Now, what y'all failed to tell me about that corporate ladder, I started climbing that corporate ladder, y'all. Twelve months later, I found myself in an executive position. I had the people at Comcast headquarters downtown Philadelphia calling me, asking me, how were we able to take one of the lowest performance centers in the company to one of the highest performance centers in the company? And now, y'all, they got me going all around, showing other people how to do it. They found out the same thing that McDonald's found out, that I was a leader, and they treated me as such, so now I was able to give Baltimore my middle finger. I'm out of here. See y'all later. I moved away from Baltimore, completely turned my back, wasn't thinking about Baltimore, y'all. I got my passport. I'm able to see what I always knew in my heart, that there was so much more to the world than just West Baltimore. I'm traveling, seeing different parts of the country that I had never even dreamed of. I'm 14 years into my career with Comcast that I loved in 2015, and then you let Baltimore City Police kill a kid named Freddie Gray that lived a few blocks from where I grew up. Why didn't you tell them that that's not how you handle that? Why didn't you tell them that all they doing is burning down their own communities? Why didn't you tell them that that's not how you handle that and that there are other ways that they can create sustainable change? Why didn't you tell those kids why they was burning down that CVS that they have purpose and they have value and all they got to do is tap inside? Why didn't y'all tell them that? I'm screaming. I'm angry. But obviously none of y'all heard me because none of y'all moved so I did the dumbest thing you could possibly do I didn't have any knowledge of nonprofit. I didn't have any knowledge of community I didn't have any knowledge of youth y'all I purposefully decided not to have biological kids because I ain't want to bring nobody into this mess I ain't want to be responsible for that but since y'all wasn't going to do it, I had to quit my 15, almost 15 year career with Comcast and start this nonprofit called, called Heart Smiles to show these young people that they were worth more and that they could harness the power, purpose and leadership inside of them to create sustainable change. But let me tell y'all something. When I got on the scene. I found out real quick what y'all was out here doing. Y'all out here electing officials, claiming that they care about these young people, really they don't give a damn. I found out y'all out here putting people on TV. They got the good photo ops claiming that they love the young people, but y'all didn't tell me they don't really give a damn. Six months in, we were making good strides with what we were doing, but then almost 12 months in, now I'm the one getting the foreclosure letter because everybody that promised that they were going to support, nobody supported I ran through my savings, so now I got to make a choice. What am I going to do? Thank God I was smart enough to start a for-profit business and helping businesses do the same thing I was doing at Comcast and McDonald's, helping them to get their business together. So I was able to sustain myself and sustain the nonprofit for a while. And thank God for the people at the John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health because they were one of the first to recognize what we were doing and actually put support behind what we were doing. Shout out to the good people at B City because three years in, they were the first ones to actually invest in us and give us a grant. And shout out to Mr. Mike Bloomberg and Miss Nanette Smith and the Bloomberg Foundation because they were the first ones to actually fully fund and support 
heart smiles. And I'm telling y'all, $275,000 later and 3,000 young people in Baltimore in our network who want to be leaders, who want to do more, and who want to change the trajectory of this bloody city. I never saw that coming, y'all. Oh, that was such a wonderful feeling that night in the theater after she shared the story and she just got this insane standing ovation. It was just- Yeah. And then like a couple of days afterwards, she sent me a text saying that a funder had been in the audience and wrote her a big check for Heart Smiles after hearing her story. And a bunch of other people were just raving about it. So um, I actually find that oftentimes the people who are reluctant to share a story at the stoop end up being really, really, you know, awesome at connecting with the audience. So yeah, that's cool. Before we get out of here, we want to thank the wine source, uh, wine, beer and snacks purveyor at 3601 Elm Avenue in Hamden. We'd love for you to visit us at stoopstorytelling.com to learn about shows or listen to stories. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stoop Storytelling Series. And thank you, Maureen, for producing and to y'all for listening. We'll be back soon with more stories from the Stoop. Have a great week. Working nine to five.